This is Bridging the Gap with Love, Episode 5, Common Misconceptions, Part 2. I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about our own stories and experiences with adoption, while hoping to provide education and support for birth moms, potential birth moms, and anyone with a connection to adoption. Okay, I'm excited to be back. Thank you for joining us today. I'm going to be talking about some common misconceptions about adoption. I have six of them and I did a little bit of research, so I might reference some articles and I'll be sure to link those in the show notes. Okay, so let's get started. Number one, you have to wait for years to adopt. Okay, so sometimes yes and sometimes no. Adoptive couples often wait several months to one or more years. We found out six weeks before the girls were born and six months before Bradley was born. But we have friends that have waited much longer than that. Here's what I know for certain. These children are worth the wait. If you are in the waiting, messy middle part, please hold on. Please have faith and trust in a loving Father in Heaven who knows the desires of your heart. He will answer your prayers in his time. The uncertainty and waiting associated with infertility painfully carved out a space in our hearts, which has since been replaced with more joy, more gratitude, and more appreciation than we could have ever anticipated. Okay, number two, adoption is expensive for adoptive couples. Okay, so much of the time this is true, which is honestly kind of frustrating for me as an adoptive mother um, since I have lots of friends and family members that have also adopted. Um, It kind of bothers me that adoptions are expensive. I don't love that it's a business. Um, However, adoption was not extremely expensive for me and Jared because we didn't have to pay an exorbitant adoption agency fee. Adoption agencies help birth mothers connect with and select adoptive couples. If an adoption plan is successful, the agency fee is due upon placement and can range from $10,000 to $40,000 and sometimes much more. For me and Jared, in our independent adoptions, once Danielle and Jessica felt confident that they wanted to move forward with adoption, we hired an adoption agency to handle our home study and an attorney to handle our case in court. The hard part was done for us. We were already connected with our children's birth moms. We paid for contracted services only, as opposed to a large adoption agency fee. Feel free to reach out to me if you want more information about how much an independent adoption could cost and how to navigate this process. Okay, number three. Adoption should be kept a secret from adopted children. Okay, here's where I get a little researchy. Um, I read a couple of articles on this, and research demonstrates that when communicative openness, just meaning that there's open dialogue in a family, was present, adoptees expressed a positive view on their adoption, and adoptive parents considered that their children had fewer adoption difficulties. In addition, research data show that communicative openness is related to adoptees' better psychological adjustment and increased self-esteem. 
Okay, so this is so important to me as a parent. Um, so I'm going to say that one more time. Research data shows that communicative openness is related to adoptees or our children's better psychological adjustment and increased self-esteem. Previous research data has also highlighted that adoption openness is regarded as beneficial for all parties. Okay, everybody in the adoption story. Openness is especially beneficial for those at the center of the adoption, the adoptees. Research shows that adolescents who have ongoing contact with their birth parents are more satisfied with their adoptions than those without contact. Openness allows them to better understand the reasons for their adoption. It promotes more positive feelings toward their birth mother and provides them with information that aids in identity formation and more. Okay, so personally, in our family, we never wanted to backtrack with our children. So when our kids began to understand that babies grew in mommy's tummies, that's when we started talking openly and regularly about their birth moms. And at that time, our kids had already met their birth moms. Um, And because we had visited our kids' birth moms, we had pictures from our visits. We hung these pictures in our home and our kids would ask questions about them. It was and still is a part of our family dialogue. Okay, number four, open adoption is confusing for the child. We have not found that to be the case at all. I was just talking to Bradley's preschool teacher yesterday and she said it was so sweet. Bradley was telling me about his trip to see his birth mom and his brothers. Bradley is three and a half. Okay, so here's what you do. You establish titles. We talk regularly about our children's birth mom and birth dad. These terms hold a lot of meaning for us and for our children. They show honor, respect, and gratitude for the individuals that gave them life. When my kids see their birth parents in person, we call them by their first name. Okay, so those unfamiliar with adoption often worry about titles. What will children in open adoptions call their adoptive and birth parents? Who is mom or dad? People also may worry about role confusion. Will a child understand the difference between their mom and birth mom in an open adoption? Children have no confusion about who tucks them in at night. And just as your child will clearly understand who grandma is, adding birth grandma to their family roster is simple. Your child will call you mom or dad because that's what you are. When you introduce your child's birth parents and siblings into your everyday family discussions, they will also have clear titles. Kids understand titles. Moms and dads are the ones they see every morning and every night before bed. You eat, play, and learn together. Every day, you share your lives. The relationship between adoptees and their birth family is special but it is a separate and different relationship than the one shared with mom or dad. Open adoption may seem like it would be confusing, but to children, it is simple and natural. Okay, number five, open adoption is co-parenting. Okay, the short answer, no. Open adoption is not co-parenting. In an open adoption, you do not share rights, custody, or decision-making with the birth parents. What it does look like, for our family at least, is a close, loving relationship with open communication. 
So a few examples. The girls invited Danielle, their birth mother, to the Cardinals game this summer when they perform with their choir. We share pictures and updates as frequently as we can. When we first realized Bradley had eczema, I reached out to Jessica and her sister, his birth family, and they told me about the creams that work best for their kids. When I complete family medical and social history, I get to text Danielle and Jessica and ask them questions. I share our children's strengths and challenges with their birth moms. We celebrate birthdays and Mother's Days together, if not in person, then on the phone. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Our children's birth moms are healthy, consistent, positive, supportive, and loving role models for our children. I realize this is not always the case. Let me say that one more time. I realize that this is not always the case. But in our situation and for our children, the relationships with their birth mothers have been rewarding and fulfilling and full of joy and love we could have never imagined. Our children get to see themselves in the faces of their birth mothers. They know where they came from. They know their birth mothers love them and always will. When my kids have questions, and I'm sure they will, they will have already built a foundation, a relationship with their birth mother. They will not have to wonder or search. They will get to talk to her and ask her because the door of communication is open. Okay, number six, this is my favorite. If you adopt, you will get pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh, this one makes me wanna laugh now, but there was a time when we heard this pretty often and it drove us crazy. It was frustrating, annoying, and invalidating. For couples dealing with infertility, I would highly recommend thick skin and a great sense of humor. Jared and I made a conscious decision to not allow the insensitive or ignorant things people said to us to make us bitter or resentful. We wanted to have positive relationships with friends and family members. As a part of our infertility and adoption journey, we accepted that people would, stay, would say stupid stuff, and they did not disappoint. For a quick science lesson though, when you have zero sperm, you also have zero babies. Pregnancy was an impossibility for us. Couples struggling with infertility were getting pregnant all around us, and friends shared the stories of their friends who miraculously conceived as soon as they started the adoption process. This was not our situation. This was not our story. We were not praying for an immaculate conception. People thought pregnancy would be our miracle, but Jared and I knew that our miracle was adoption. That's it for today. Come back next week for another exciting episode about adoption.